Father God, I want to thank you for being God all by yourself and being my God and thanking care of me, taking care of me and my family. I thank you for giving me such a wonderful birthday. And I had a really good time and I appreciate all that you had happen in my life. How you had angels watching over me at times that the enemy thought he had me. At times I was supposed to be dead. And you saved me from death. You saved me in time to get to know your son Jesus. And I thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you for shedding your blood on the cross just for me. And I thank you for watching over me and being my best friend in this entire existence. And I'm sure that everyone else listening to this prayer can say the same thing. We are thanking you for being there for us when no one else was there for us. We're thanking you for being the sun in our lives whenever the enemy intends to throw shade all over us, all over our bodies, all over our minds, all over our names, all over our lives and our family and our children. Thank you for being there for us, loving us. Hallelujah. As this past holiday, Thanksgiving holiday has gone by, and we had a wonderful time, and we thank you, Lord, for being God in our lives and loving us. We also want to lift up prayers for those who might not have been able to celebrate your love and your protection. We lift up all those that may not be able to pray to you the way they want to and to say the things that they want to say to you. We give them to you. Jesus covered this session with the blood, your holy blood, hallelujah, and cause anything that is not of you to stay out of this and bless every ear, every listener of this right now. Holy Spirit, use me in Jesus' holy name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Today I want to talk about simply the word promise. You know, God gives us so many promises in the word, and there's so many different scriptures that you can take it from. So I'm going to be discussing a few of them today. You know, when God promised, you know, did you ever have somebody promise you something and they didn't keep up with their promise and it kind of hurt you? You know, even though you know they might have meant well, just because somebody means well doesn't mean they're going to do well. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to start out with uh, Psalm 91.3. Okay, if you want to turn your swords to Psalm 91.3, and it says, Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. God wants to deliver you. With all the things that are going on around us, all the things in our lives, our families, our households, the TV, the government, these countries, our neighborhoods, this one hates that one, and that one hates this one, amen. The blues hate the reds, and the reds hate the blue. The whites hate the blacks, the blacks hate the whites. Americans dislike other people, other people dislike Americans, and so much jealousy going on, and and all the stuff that's going on in the government. Everybody's like whistleblowing on each other and, and, and trying to dirty each other's name and everything. You know, there's so much going on. Have you ever just looked up to the sky and said, God, please deliver me from this mess? And then you hear about uh, the uh, Chick-fil-A now. They were standing on, on the promises of God and they had Christian values and now they have fallen prey to the homosexual agenda. And there are other 
uh, companies. You heard about the cake company that had to give in, and, and they uh, took them to court because they didn't want to bake a cake with two men or two women holding and loving each other on a cake. I mean, this is getting really ridiculous. It's getting to the point now where we are getting choked into believing something that is against God. Now, wait. Now, I can understand, you know, um, back in the day when, in fact, still today, you know, people are jealous of uh, or, or upset about one another's background or their, you know, their their race, uh, creed, color, whatever you want to call it, you know. And it was, and we went through ra- uh, racism, we're still going through racism today, counter-racism, there's different types, not just whites against blacks, but there's blacks against whites, and and, and everybody against Chinese, everybody against Indians, and Indians are against, you know, call, call uh, but people who are partial Indian wannabes. I mean, there's so many different ways that racism can be described. Okay, but that's one thing. And I can understand different races standing up in, in the halls of the courts, and they're trying to gain equality, but that is one different thing than what we're going through now. Races are created by God. They're created by God made humans. But the the you know the word of God tells us in Genesis that God made man and woman. He made Adam and woman. Her name was woman before she was Eve. Okay, but God did not create Adam and Steve. Okay, so, but what's happening now is Adam and Steve is trying to make everybody believe in them and accept them and live their ways. Now, I can see if they want to live that way, that's their business. Okay, they chose to live that way. But you shouldn't make everybody else, you know, gorge down people's throats and make everybody else accept something that is not in the Word of God. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, none of those say anything about God making that. That is not of God. Straight up. I'm not going to beat around a bush. It's not of God. And just like God said in the word, in the end times, they're going to try to make right things look wrong and wrong things look right. And this is what we need delivered of. There's so much going on. Little kids are getting beat up and beaten up in school, okay, um, because of uh, the way they talk or the way they look or because, you know, the way they act or something. And it's just getting ridiculous. I always say, Jesus, come back soon. We need delivered. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. Notice it says snare. What is a snare? What is a snare? A snare is something that's set out purposely to trip you in life. Either mentally, physically, emotionally, even financially, with relationships, everything. Snares. There's snares in the office. You know, there's snares in church. There's snares in government. There's snares in family. Amen. God wants to deliver us from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Pestilence, a pest. What does it mean when you call somebody a pest? It's something that keeps getting on your nerves over and over and over everywhere. You look, it's there. It's in your eyes. It's in your face. It's in your ears. It's in your mind. It enters into your TV. It enters into your computer. It enters into your phone. It enters into your your heart. 
And you have to be careful that you don't take it from your physical eyes to your spiritual eyes. You have to be very careful that these this noise, as it is called, noisome pestilence, does not enter into your spirit and affect, which will affect your soul. This is why God says, "Be holy, for I am holy." Live holy. We should want. We should live holy because we love God and we want to live holy, not just because it is. Um, we shouldn't turn it into a duty. It's not a duty to live holy. It's an honor to live holy. It's a blessing to live holy. You know, I heard somebody say, I watch this woman's video. I watch her um, on YouTube sometimes. I watch a few people. And uh, this one lady said she's an uh, apostle. And she was talking about, she played this video. The video was great. It was a very, very good video. Um, and this man was talking about how these guys nowadays are, are, are referencing one another's private parts uh, on over the radio and, and talking about how they shop at girls' shops and the different kinds of, you know, the, femininity instead of masculinity. And this guy went on and talked about this and he said, where are the men? I mean, he used proper words. He used very, uh, he was strong and adamant about how he felt about it. But the problem was, see, he was speaking his mind about this and he, he made sense, but he wasn't speaking holy. He, see, when you have a good um, topic like that, you want everybody to hear it, not just certain people. And this man, the the language that he used, it, it, it was it, some of it was horrific. He just he he was hitting topics properly and, and making sense. But you know how is a Christian? So you have to consider everybody in the world, not just certain people, not just your club buddies. How is a Christian supposed to um, pass on your message? And send it to other people with those long sailor words in the middle of the sentences, see? Noisome pestilence. So if you have a topic, if God has shown you something and you want to describe it to other people and, and present it to other people, your presentation has to be clean and nice. And you young people out there that are talking and you use that long... Uh, word and everything else if you really want to be heard by everybody clean your mouth out which means you're going to be, be delivered of that some people have to be delivered of that some people have a spirit of cursing it is actually a spirit that makes people curse like that and you have to pray about it and be delivered of it so that the next time God shows you a, a top, good topic he wants you to talk to somebody about, you can deliver it to everybody in the world and not just certain few, a certain few. Live holy. Be delivered of that. We are supposed when Christians are supposed to be delivered of, of things in their lives. When you you know, when you take on Jesus, it says you become a new creature. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you become a new creature. You become a new man, a new woman. You should want to live differently. You shouldn't want to do the things that you did before. The things that you did before should sicken you. I know years ago, when I was singing in bands and all that kind of stuff, and 
all going to bars and singing in bands and having gifts thrown at my feet while I was singing. I cussed like a banshee, like a drunk sailor, as they say. I hung around guys that did it, and they were cool to me, and people follow what they think is cool. That's how I started smoking years ago. I thought it was cool. This woman used to pick me up with a stick shift and take me to college in her little car. She had a little brown Honda, and she would hold a cigarette in between her fingers while she was shifting the gears. And I kept watching her drive, and I I thought it was so cool. And I started smoking. Next thing you know, I'm hooked on something. Our lungs are not meant to take smoke. Next thing you know, I'm smoking, hooked on cigarettes. And years later, smoking two packs of Marlboros a day, God had to deliver me of that, and I haven't wanted a cigarette since. I could literally walk into a room full of smoke and won't even bother me. Well, of course, besides me covering my nose if it's too thick, too strong, you know, but we are supposed to be delivered of this stuff. When I got saved, I used to cuss and everything when I was in them bands and going out singing and everything and whatever, and you were on a marquee all the time. But when I got saved, I stopped cussing. I stopped all that stuff I used to do. I stopped sitting up in dark bars. You know why bars are dark? Because they don't want anybody to see them sinning. That's why they're dark. You just get drunk. People can't see you. Your your eyes are red. They can't see that you're drunk. Sitting there telling all your business about your wife or your husband. We should be delivered of those noisome pestilences. And in 1 Corinthians 10.13, There has no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a, get this, quote-unquote, way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. A way, not, people say a way of escape, a way to escape. Okay, there. this is say, simply saying, there is nothing in this world that can tempt you and get over on you and make you accept it. Nothing. Even these new ways of life that man is coming up with that begins with all these different letters and stuff. I can't get them right, but y'all know what I'm talking about. You cannot be tempted and you companies out there to feel like you're being pushed to accept these ways of living that are not biblical, you know they're wrong. But what, listen, guys, what's happening is, and I'm going to say it, i got to tell it like it is, and you guys know it's true too. Some people just don't want to say it. Okay, but what they're doing is they are hitting us. Yes, I said us, Christians, Christian businesses, those with Christian principles, they are hitting us in our pockets. That's exactly what's happening. And I hate to say this, but you companies are accepting this mess. That You companies are accepting this drag queens bingo and drag queens reading to your children in libraries and in a school. You're accepting that stuff because you don't want to lose your funding. You don't want to say no. You're afraid to stand up. I don't even know why I'm on this topic because that's not what I wanted to start out. I'm talking about deliverance here. But what's happening is these companies are afraid to lose money. They're afraid to lose money. 
So therefore, they're caving in. They're caving into, they went from one kingdom, okay, they have their, their foot on, on a, one foot in a grave and one foot in, on a banana peel. And they're trading their heavenly kingdom-minded businesses in for worldly ways, the world system. Because they don't want to not, they don't want to not be able to pay their electric, gas, and water. They don't want to not be able to pay for their food and their buns and their chicken and, you know, mayonnaise. And they don't want to not be able to pay for the pop man when he comes along to fill their pop machines. They have to be able to continue to run. And what's happening is, we are so weak nowadays in our belief in Jesus Christ. We are so weak nowadays. They are, these companies that once believed in, in, in the uh, provision of, of Yeshua HaMashiach, okay, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Yara, uh, let's say, amen. And it, what's happening is they are no longer believing that God is going to provide for them. They are believing that they ha Look, do you remember back in the days... When the mafia used to go around and tell people, you know, you got a you got a watch business going on here. You know, you fix watches and stuff, but you know, you need protection. And they would bust the window at night or something to scare the watch owner. And they would come the next day and say, "Hey, you need protection. You know, you pay us a hundred dollars a month, we'll watch your place for you." But they're the ones that broke the window. Okay. And this is what's happening. People are caving in. Businesses are caving in. Instead of just believing that everything's going to be all right, they don't need any insurance for their business. Well, not any of that kind. Okay, they don't need to be, uh, they don't need to change their thoughts on worldly things. Worldly matters. Stay kingdom-minded, y'all. Deception, deception and distraction is happening to all of us. And we, there is nothing that can come to us to, as the word says right here, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there is no temptation that you can fall for that is common to man. Because God is faithful and he will not suffer you to be tempted. If you continue to live holy, talk to God, keep your relationship with God, koinonia relationship, stay close to the Lord. He will show you how to get out of those things. God always has a way out. And people fall for that mess. They sell their souls for a dime. Companies are selling their souls for a dime. Chick-fil-A caved in. And then I also hear now Hallmark is going to start filming um, homosexual movies. People are caving in, folks. Now, if big companies like that are caving in and churches are taking the cross off of the top of their buildings, what's going on? We need deliverance. God is good. He always makes a way to escape. And then it says that you may be able to bear it. There's always God, there's always a way out. God's standing there 
Okay, there's, let's say, there's 10 avenues around you. There's 10 different streets, little avenues around you, okay? And you look at one, they want you to change your name. Two, they want you to change your business. Three, they want you to accept something that is against your uh, your beliefs. And four, they want you to uh, abuse children. They, they have practices where they abuse children. Five, they have practices where they uh, uh, human trafficking. Six, they want men to become women so that they can wrestle women in school and beat their brains out because they're too strong to do so. But they want to make a law. They want you to go along with them. And then the next one has something they want you to agree with. The next one, and you go all the way up to seven, eight, nine. All these avenues want you to sell out to the world system. And God's standing at the tenth one. People fall for one, two, three, four, five, six. And, you know, if they make it to seven, eight, nine, and God's standing at the tenth one. And everybody turns around and they can't even barely get to eight or nine, less on ten. God is standing there. He's one of the doors that are surrounding you. You just got to turn to him. You know, the song says, um, uh, let me see. Uh, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look into his wonderful face. You read it? This is what we need to do. Turn our eyes to Jesus. Those things you're being tempted about, that's not the end of the world. That's not the end of the book. Be delivered. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Amen. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Then 2 Timothy 4.18, it says, And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory Forever and ever. Amen. This person, 2 Timothy 4.18, was a believer. Amen, Paul, Timothy, Mark, Luke, John, all of them, Matthew, believers. And I hope you feel the same way. The Lord shall. It doesn't say, well, maybe the Lord will, or if I'm good enough. If I qualify, God will help me. No, Jesus died on a cross and shed his blood and became sin for you, became every sin in this entire existence for you. You, whatever you, there's nothing you can't do. There's nothing that you can do that is not covered by his death on a cross and his resurrection. Amen. And the Lord shall deliver you from every evil work and will preserve you until his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. 
he, he said, I, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he meant it. So all you people out there saying, why is this happening to me? What did I do wrong? I'm not good enough to serve the Lord. He wouldn't bless a person like me. You better stop letting the devil use your tongue. As a man thinketh, so is he. Stop letting him command you. Stop letting him rule your mind. Because what happens is, if he can get into your mind and make you say things that are anti-Christ, or say things that make you an anti-Bible, against God's word, the things that you speak out or be are like seeds and they're being planted, and that is going to be your future. If he can cause you to plant a dirty, raggedy, nasty, rotten garden, he'll do it. And some people are living, they're reaping what they have sown. If you say you're not good enough, you're, you're not smart enough, or God wouldn't want a person like me, you keep saying it over and over and over, year after year after year. Do you have every now and then you have a couple highs, and then you let the enemy enter in, and you have a lot of lows. You have just as many. You have more lows than you have highs, and then you wonder why 2019 hasn't been kind to you. You're reaping what you have sown. The Lord will deliver you out of every evil work if you let Him. He'll deliver you and teach you what to say. The Holy Spirit will talk for you. Second Peter 2.9 The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. This is why God said, don't try to separate the wheat from the tare because there is going to come a day when the reapers will come and separate the wheat from the tare. On that day to be punished. Because while you're trying to take the wheat out, or while you're, let's say, you're trying to take the tear out because you want the wheat to grow, and while you think you're taking out some of the tear, you're also pulling out some of the wheat. You're, li- you're literally doing damage, judging on your own. That's why we can't judge one another. We can't put anybody in heaven and we can't put them in hell. All we can do is plant seeds with people and tell them about Jesus. The Lord knows how to deliver. That's 2 Peter 2.9. He knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the just until the day of judgment to be punished. Like uh, David. David, King David, wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was supposed to be out there at war with his men, with his people, with Israel. He got a little lackadaisical and stayed behind. Next thing you know, he's standing on top of the roof, watching a woman bathe naked. And the next thing you know, he was in bed with another man's woman, King of Israel. He prayed to God for everything else, but he didn't pray to God to stop him from going to bed with another man's woman. He didn't resist the temptation, folks. And he lost a baby over it. What have you lost over your temptations? What babies have you lost? Projects, not necessarily a human child. 
What projects have you lost by not resisting temptation? What marriages have you lost? What jobs have you lost? What relationships have you lost by not resisting temptation? You know, a lot of the people who are living out on the street right now are out there because they didn't resist temptation. There are so many men and women out on the street right now living under newspapers and cardboard in the wintertime, covering themselves in the rain. They're living out on the street because they didn't resist temptation. They didn't resist that last drink. They didn't resist that last needle. And their wives and husbands at home couldn't take anymore. Or their mothers and fathers just couldn't take anymore. So what have you lost? Think of it. Resist temptation. It's not a joke. This is not a play and we are not actors. This is real. God is our divine helper. How close are you to him? Some people don't want to resist evil because it feels good to them. And they want to keep it. There are some people who would rather have that 30 second high than to just hold back and wait for marriage. Wait for that right person to come by. Or some of them are so heated, so much in heat, they have to go out and rape somebody's son or somebody's daughter because they didn't resist temptation. And nowadays, even animals, animals pay for it because human beings cannot resist temptation. Human beings are weak without Jesus Christ and without trying to live holy. You are a weak individual. Nothing you say and nothing that you do will matter. Because if you can't handle your own household, how are you going to be able to handle God's? If God can't trust you with the little stuff, how can he trust you with the big stuff? Some people are not living the lives that God intended for them to live. Because they can't handle the little stuff. He can't trust them with the big stuff. Think about it. Deliverance. We need delivered. Second Samuel twenty two two. That's four twos. Two Samuel two two two. It says, And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Is he your deliverer? I thank him for everything he delivered me from. I'm, not, I'm far from perfect. 
But I'm going to tell you guys, I'm a lot better than I used to be. And some of you listening to this know how I used to be. And no, I'm not bragging. It's nothing to brag about. But God has been my rock. He has been my fortress. He's been my deliverer. And in him will I trust. You can bet the farm on it that I will trust him way highly first and above any human being ever. I'm thankful. My children recently took me out for my birthday. And we had a good time. I had a beautiful day. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for being able to wake up in the morning and to see the sun shining. I have been praying for this little town that I live in. Everywhere I move, I pray for the towns that I've lived in. Bloom where you're planted. And I've noticed in this town that I live in, every single morning there is a dark gray cloud down over this town. And I don't know if it's coming from the steel mill that's in this little town or what. I don't know where it's coming from. But every day I pray and I say, sometimes I stand at my kitchen window and I say it while I'm praying. I'll look up and I'll say, thank you, son. Thank you, Lord. I thank the Lord for a new day. And I thank God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And I thank him for a new day. And I talk to him for a minute. And then I look up and I say, and I thank you, son, for doing God's work and, and bringing on God's glory the way you do every single day. You do what God has ordained you to do. And then I tell it, burn these dark clouds away from this town. Just disintegrate them. Get rid of them. And sure enough, guys, it sure as I'm speaking to you right now, unless it's like a rainy day, I mean, come on, natural nature, you know. But sure enough, that sun will peek out and get real bright. And the clouds are gone. A couple minutes later, those gray clouds, I don't know what they are. But I do know that the, there's principalities in every territory. There's, they're territorial. Okay, some of you guys know about this. Principalities are territorial. That's why some cities have more heroin. Some some cities have more crack. Some cities have more prostitution. You know, it's it, they're, they're, those demons are territorial. And I pray for this little place. Because the place I live in is cute. It's a cute little place. And I pray for it. The entire town. Deliver us, God. Deliver us from whatever is holding the people's spirits down in this place. Amen. Are you saying? Hebrews 2.15 says, And God will deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Are you subject to bondage or are you free? Do you want to be free? Do you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? All you have to do, Romans 10, 9. All you have to do is just repent and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe you died for me and I accept you as my Savior. I love you and I thank you for what you did for me. 
Amen. He died and he rose just for you. So now what you do is you go out and find a Bible-believing church that preaches the entire Bible and not just certain parts of it and learn of him. Learn how to be free. Amen. Learn how to be free. God wants you delivered. God wants you free. God wants you healed and in your right mind. He's a good daddy. Amen. I am so glad that you guys came on today. God's doing a new thing with us here in New Birth Ministries. A new thing. And he's got more coming. He has more blessings coming. So hang in there and stay strong. And know that I am praying for you and all of you people who wish me a happy birthday on Facebook and all over LinkedIn and wherever else it was. <laughs> God bless you. I really appreciate it. That was beautiful. Made my day. Made my day. Well, thanks for listening. I'll see you next Sunday. Lord willing, as they say. Amen. And he wills. Amen. I'll see you next Sunday. Same time, same station. Reverend S.C. Signing off. God bless you. And to God be the glory for the things he has done. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus cover you and yours. Amen.